Hello and welcome to Hollywood Scandals of Yesteryear. I am your host, Gabriel Russo, and this week it's a little something different. Um, I am re-recording the Wallace Reed episode because the music, the sound quality wasn't good. It just wasn't good, and I've been called out on it a couple of times, and so I figured, you know what, I will just re-record it because it does sound kind of rough. So today... This week, Wallace Reed. Come back in a minute. And we're back. So Wallace Reed was born, William Wallace, Halleck Reed, who was born in St. Louis, Missouri. Family was in show business. His mother, Bertha Westbrook, was an actress. And his father, James Halleck, Hal Reed, worked in a variety of... Uh, Jobs, mainly a playwright and actor traveling the country. As a kid, William Reed, Wallace Reed, pardon me, was uh, performing on stage at an early age. He went to military school in New Jersey. He was an all-around athlete. He played several instruments, the piano, the banjo, the drums, the violin. It's pretty good. He was uh, drawn to the motion picture industry by his father. I'm sorry, I should say Wallace Reed. He was born in 1891 and died January 18th, 1923. He was a silent film star, big star. Anyway, he was drawn into the burgeoning motion picture industry by his father, who shifted from the theater to acting and writing and directing films. In 1910, Reed appeared in his first film, The Phoenix, I guess that's an adaptation of a play. Reed's good looks and powerful physique made him the perfect matinee idol, although he was equally happy with roles behind the scenes. Okay, Wallace appeared in several films with his father, and uh, as his career film flourished, he was acting and directing with early film mogul Alan Dwan. Uh, in 1913, he worked at Universal Pictures and met actress Dorothy Davenport, who would become his wife for his entire life until his untimely death. Uh, he was featured in Birth of a Nation, which is a huge, you know, seminal film, 1915. Intolerance, 1916, both directed by D.W. Griffith, starred opposite leading ladies such as Florence Turner, Gloria Swanson, Lillian Gish, Geraldine Farrar, and uh, was one of Hollywood's major heartthrobs. Was already involved with the creation of more than a hundred shorts when he was signed by producer Jesse Lasky. And uh, he would star in 60-plus films for Lasky's Famous Players Film Company, which went on to become Paramount Pictures, which we talked about in the, in the uh, early studios episode. He was frequently paired with an actress named Anne Little, and he was always, well, not always, but mostly, he was an action hero. And the dashing race car driver, which drew, you know, young girls and older women alike to theaters to see him, uh, you know, in his thrillers. Such as The Roaring Road, made in 1919. A film called Double Speed in 1920. Excuse My Dust and Too Much Speed in 1921. The Castro Theater in San Francisco which is a famous theater. Uh, it opened in uh, 1922. The premiere opening night film for uh, that theater was a film called Across the Continent, which was a, a racing film. 
So Reed, basically, he did, uh, you know, he did a bunch of racing films. He was nicknamed the screen's most perfect lover. <laughs> he, um, he was a, you know, good-looking guy and, uh, you know, daring. So anyway, while en route to location in Oregon, he was filming a film called The Valley of the Giants in 1919. He was injured in a train wreck uh, near Arcata, California. He needed six stitches to close a uh, wound on his head. And in order to keep on filming, which, you know, they wanted to do, they weren't going to give him a rest. To keep filming, they prescribed morphine for him to relieve his pain. Of course, he soon became addicted to morphine, but he kept on working. These people were worked at a frantic pace. He did, he started in films... I mean, they said he, he filmed more than 60 films, you know what I mean? That's ridiculous. And he died in 1923. So, you know, 60 films over the course of you know, just a few years. <laughs> so he's working, you know, at a frantic pace, like it said. No rest. That's a recurring story, if you've noticed, all throughout a lot of these people's lives. And then they get hooked on something or they drink a lot in order to take care of it or whatever. In, the, in Reed's case... He was hooked on morphine, and it's the shame of the studios that they first not only addicted him to morphine, but then continued his addiction to morphine and continued to make him work, not just let him work, but make him work, basically, you know, until it killed him. But I guess we'll find that out. <laughs> I jumped ahead. Uh, let's see. He They kept working him. The, his film's roles were growing more and more demanding because obviously you got to top what you did the last time, and uh, you know you got to do more, you know, more crazy stuff. He was his films went from short films, which were you know fifteen to twenty minutes long, to uh, hour-long films, which I guess was a feature back then. Two reelers, I guess, was an hour. Reed's morphine addiction worsened at a time when drug rehabilitation programs were non-existent. There was nothing. He died in a sanitarium while attempting recovery. In the aftermath of his death, he was married to Dorothy Davenport. She was she billed herself as Mrs. Wallace Reed for the remain for her whole life. She co-produced and starred in a film called Human Wreckage in 1923, which is about drug addiction. She made a national tour with the film to publicize the dangers of drug addiction, and she basically became a uh, a drug a drug addiction you know anti drug addiction pioneer you know early on did that for her whole life and she lived until she was uh well i believe she lived until nineteen seventy seven she never remarried uh, Wallace Reed was given his star on the walk of the on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in two thousand eleven his, the official biography of his life, Wally, the true Wallace Reed story by David Menefee, was sanctioned by Reed's surviving family. It was submitted for a Pulitzer Prize, but it did not win. Now, just to go into a little bit about how much this man worked, he had in 1919, he had eight films released, whereas Mary Pickford, the biggest star of the day, had two films released. The studios apparently supplied him with drugs, but uh, as his addiction worsened, you know, he, he scored on his own. He was well-liked around town. Um, no one knew about his problem, basically. The studio hired a doctor to live with uh, Wallace for two weeks in order to, uh, to try and cure him or to try and make him stop, I guess. Wally either bravely abstained two weeks of hell or sneaked his doses. 
manipulating his watchful house guest because the doctor reported that he had a clean bill of health and he wrote, I don't know anyone else I could live with like Siamese twins for two weeks without wanting to murder, but he is unquestionably the nicest chap I've ever known, unquote. That's the doctor that uh, stayed with him to try and clean him up. While he could not and would not stop, chronicled in the book, it was work, drugs, parties, affairs, and eventually unavoidable scandal with Wally's drug dealers getting arrested and newspapers writing items alluding to or discussing his drinking and drugging. So yeah, his, uh, his dealer got busted and was like, well, I have a famous client, and that was that. He started losing teeth. He was obviously, you know, losing weight and dwindling away due to uh, drugs. He was cast in Nobody's Money. The, the fact that he was even cast in a film called Nobody's Money, right after being unable to stand during the filming of 1922's 30 Days. I mean, the studio just wasn't going to give it up, you know. that's So he's filming this movie 30 Days, and uh, he can't even stand on set. And they're, and they're, because he's, he's too whacked out of his mind. Mm, mm, mm. And yet, after they filmed that, they put him in another movie. They gotta make that cash. In a film, Kevin Brownlow's, uh, 13-part documentary, Hollywood, A Celebration of the American Silent Film, which you can find on YouTube, assistant director Henry Hathaway tells heartbreaking description of Reed's last days on Nobody's Mind. It, it was his last day on any movie set. Quote, he sort of fumbled about, he bumped into a chair. He sat down on the floor and started to cry. They put him in a chair and he just keeled over. They sent for an ambulance and sent him to the hospital. That's just terrible. He was taken to the sanitarium, was given what is a controversial method called the Barker Cure, in which a cocktail of unidentified pills and medicines and a rigid diet to extract the poison that remained in the system. The pills were uh, supposedly rumored to be uh, just replacement drugs that kept the, the addict off one thing but hooked on another. While he stayed there for six weeks, didn't get any better. His wife then placed him in a private sanitarium where he dried out in a padded room. He was not improving, though. In fact, he was dying. He wasted away. His uh, kidneys failing, respiratory system failing. Apparently, Reed wanted to die clean. He did not want to die addicted. He didn't want any more drugs. So he died clean. Rather than, than seek comfort from the elixir that produced his demise, is what it says. Drugs and drink will lower your immunity, and Reed's use was extreme. The Crebo method was another way that he tried to kick drugs. This is a daily mix of injections enemas, and pills with Crebo, Curare, Ephedrine, Luminol, Emetine Hydrochloride, Philocarpine Hydrochloride, Adrenaline, Avertine, and Adrenospermine. Curare is something that uh, I heard of from uh, Gilligan's Island because they used to uh, dip. I remember the professor talking about the natives dipping their arrows in Curare to poison people. And apparently it is truly, and from South America, is an extremely potent arrow poison. Death results from asphyxia by paralyzing skeletal muscles. So why that would be in there is, is, is odd. Usually these injections and whatnot were done in a clinic, but uh, Wally did all these at his house. So he was trying a number of crazy methods to, uh, to get out, you know, to stop. Now, like I said, his wife, after he passed away, his wife uh, continued to crusade 
against drugs, making exploitation films, Linda, Sucker Money, Road to Ruin, The Woman Condemned. She owned and ran a Los Angeles apartment building, which she purchased it in 1930. She called it Mrs. Wallace Reed's Casa de Contenta Apartments. And uh, one of her tenants was Fatty Arbuckle. You know, he famously was uh, on trial for raping and murdering a woman. And it ruined his career. We, we did him in one of the previous episodes. And so, Wallace Reed, just out of his 20s, died in January on January 12th, 1923. Quote from Reed was, I love to speed. If I always drove myself, I'd probably spend half my money on fines for breaking the road laws. Whether speeding down an open road or through the air, I feel a surge of blood through my veins that prompts me to ever-increasing speeds. Uh, yeah, that's Wallace Reed. He drove those roadsters, those little, those early race cars. Wounded on set on the way to a movie, or wounded, yeah, on, the, on a train wreck on the way to a movie. They prescribed morphine, became addicted. They continued to prescribe morphine and continued to work him and work him and work him. Eventually, it poisoned his system, basically, his methods or the uh, or the drugs, his methods to quit or the drugs. And he died early. And so that's the tale of Wallace Reed. I'm going to do another episode this week. I'm not sure. I just wanted to re-record Wallace Reed because the first one was basically unlistenable. Some of you would say that this is still unlistenable, but I don't know. Anyway, thanks for listening. Um, you can check me out on Twitter, G. Russo, 1971. You can check it out on Facebook.com. <laughs> Facebook.com. At Gabe Russo Art. Comment on iTunes if you'd like it. If you like it, please do. And uh, send me an email or, or uh, go to Podomatic.com and comment on the page. Um, listen to the print interview that I did recently, which I thought was, uh, which was fun. Uh, listen to a print interview. Um, there's a link to it on the page. You can read it if you'd like. That would be fun. Before I go, I forgot. I bought this. Uh, I didn't buy it. They were giving me, they had books, a stack of books free at the library. So I bought It's uh, Joe Franklin's Movie Trivia. It's got trivia all the way through the 1920s. And so here is Joe Franklin's Movie Trivia Question of the Week. What silent film classic features Laura LaPlante and a group of nervous people who are forced to spend a night in a haunted house? So think on that, and I will give the answer next week, and we'll do the question beforehand next week. I just uh, had forgotten all about it until just now. Thanks for listening. Come back, please, won't you? Uh -huh.